I grew up on the stage. And so my internal value was based on how many shows I got, you know, how well did I sing? How many claps did I get? Did I get a standing ovation? All of that as a young person, I kept thinking, well, it's a good thing I have that because clearly I'm not smart enough. Mm. I'm smart. Turns yeah. out I'm smart. <laughs> Turns out you are. You're listening to the Woman of Value podcast. You are about to hear the story of a woman who is following her dreams and passions and creating positive change in the world. My guest today is Jacqueline or Jack Perez. She is a champion for normalizing aging for women through curated content and women-driven brands. Her passions include spending time with her son, Aiden, traveling to places like Cuba, Jordan, Zambia, Bolivia, and Zanzibar. And she's an endorphin junkie. She's an avid jump roper, a Peloton fanatic, and a third degree black belt in Taekwondo. And we're going to be talking today about how to normalize aging for women. Welcome to the show, Jack. My gosh, Sandy, thank you for having me. I am honored to be here today. Well, I'm excited to get into this conversation because you and I are on the same page about helping people really live an empowered life, especially women who are aging. And we've done a lot of good in this world to help women age better without norm, you know, normalizing the whole aging process. But I, I love this topic and I can't wait to dive in. So we always begin with what does a woman of value mean to you? For me, a woman of value, well, we're all, we're, every woman is of value, every single one of us. And it's a woman of value is someone who shows up her best self. And you know, you can't be your best self 24 seven. That's not, that's not possible, but that we're always working towards and striving towards showing the world our best self and leading by example whether that is while we're parenting, whether that is when we're being a, a, a good daughter, a good partner, a good parent, or a good friend, or a good member of society. And you know, it's it's funny that you that you asked that question. I really think that question's amazing because to me, I have really begun to realize what my value is in this world as I've aged. It's it's really becoming so clear. Whereas when I was younger, I wasn't really sure. You know, I was sort of running around in the maze, so to speak. But now I'm not running around in the maze anymore. I have a picture of the end goal and where I'm going. And sure, every now and again, I get pushed down a, an avenue that I didn't see coming or I take a wrong turn because we're human, right? It's part of the human condition, but I can always step back and look at it at a 50,000 foot level and say, okay, I, I know where my value is. I know where I'm contributing in this world. And so I do my level best to keep that at the forefront of my, my thoughts and my actions. I love that. And I love the the reality of the fact that we do get knocked down and it's how you get back up again that really matters. And it sounds like you get back up and you come on strong, you know, from every crisis, which I think is part of what makes you a woman of value. Thank you. I, I like to think I do. I mean, occasionally I will sit and lick my wounds and <laughs> have a pity party and I'm, I allow myself those indulgences, but then I give myself a time limit, 
I'm like, okay, Jacqueline, you want to feel sorry for yourself for the next however many hours you go do that. And then you're done. And then you move on because it's, it's okay to do that. I mean, we can't be superheroes 24 seven. We just can't. And that's really okay. Yeah, that's not realistic. I I think that it is important to process your emotions and not feel like, oh, I got to jump back up It take five seconds of time feeling my feelings and then I am perfect. Now, this is not about perfection. This is really about being human and also knowing your value and knowing your worth and not letting setbacks really keep you down. Let's talk about that moment, if you have a moment, when you did realize your value. You said as you aged, you started to realize your value more. Do you have a pivotal moment to share with our audience? I do. I, I do. And Sandy, for me, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a moment. Like it wasn't a, oh my goodness gracious, I now understand my value. For me, it was going, it was through a transition and I, this transition that happens to every other human on the planet, if she is lucky to live long enough. And it's the physiological transition of where we go from having our biological imperative, you know, at our fingertips to losing it. And that process can be, it doesn't have to be difficult, but it can be difficult for some women. Some women really suffer physiologically through that transition, through those changes in hormone levels. And, and so what I'm talking about, if your audience hasn't caught on, is menopause. <laughs> and it's not, is here's the funny thing, right? Every other human goes through it if, if she is lucky enough to live long enough. But when I went through the transition, Sandy, I went through, you name it, it feels like I had it from vertigo to weight gain to anxiety. And instead of, you know, feeling my feeling more and more valuable every day as I was aging and going through this transition, I had the opposite. I kept getting smaller and smaller between the dysregulation of emotion, the brain fog, the anxiety. I would look in the mirror and I was using ageism as a weapon against myself. I started doing the self, the bad self-talk, the look at that line, look at that sagging skin. You know, you're not very useful. And all of a sudden I realized, my goodness gracious, I'm 52. Is this how I'm going to live the next 30, 40 years plus? I can't, so I have to find a solution. And it was the realization that I had to find the solution and then to go out and look for the solution, which is what was my turning point. That was when I realized that I had hit quote unquote rock bottom, meaning I did, I was not a good mom. I was not a good partner. I was not a good friend. I wasn't a good person to myself. And I had to sit down and, and do that evaluation and look myself in the mirror and said, okay, you're signing up for this for the next 40 years? Like, you don't want to live your life like this. So what can you do about it? And it was deciding to get up and do something about it and to affect change. For me personally, it was a completely selfish play at that moment. But when I started talking to other women, I discovered, wow, I'm not alone. There are so many of us who are struggling through this transition. And the physiological change is one of a bajillion other things that seem to come during the season of life. Because there's, if you've had kids, you're dealing with empty nest. 
you know, if you are married, you're dealing with the fact that you've been in the same relationship for 30, 40 years, that can be really challenging. If you're one of the gajillion women who at 50 decide, listen, I'm done with this relationship, then you're, what about going back into the dating field? Can I do that? Will anybody want me? I mean, it just goes on and on and on. The season of life, I believe, has the most amazing opportunities that present themselves for us. But there are some pretty significant challenges that we have not had models ahead of us to follow. So it is, it's in our, we're, we're the ones, we're the ones, this generation of boomers, millennial, elder millennials and Gen X women, we're the cohort that is creating this new paradigm of what it's like to be a woman in this season of life in the world today, because it's never happened before. Yeah, you know, I was just talking to my mom and she went through menopause, actually forced menopause because she had a hysterectomy and she went on a hormone replacement therapy before it was FDA approved. <laughs> like they, she was on some special uh, experiment and then they recalled it. It was a really scary thing. I'm glad she didn't have any long-term health, you know, effects that to show her, her health wasn't affected long-term, but that was what people did in those days they would just pop pills and they would just they didn't really have what we have we didn't have the internet back then and we didn't have the kind of sense of community that we have today and i know as a as a dating coach one of the things that i love providing for people is a is a beautiful forum for people to ask these questions and to say you know i'm going through menopause and i've lost my sex drive or I don't know what to do and what do I do about somebody being impotent and having erectile dysfunction? I mean, all of these things come up, but if you don't have a safe space to discuss it and learn about it and get good advice, it can be really harmful and it could really diminish you. And I love when you said how you felt that you got smaller and smaller. And I think so many people can relate to that. Yeah, and the reality is that I mean, you could probably already tell I have a lot of energy. I am a big, you know, I have a, a, a fairly big presence, but there was a period of time and it wasn't, and it wasn't a couple of weeks. I mean, there was a couple of years there where I was really struggling and um, I'm very grateful to the universe, to the gods, who, whatever it is that you, your sense of other than just you is, I'm grateful to that energy that I was able to step outside of myself just long enough to know that I needed to course correct. And then that I had the grit and the determination that even though I didn't feel like it, to do it anyway. And I know that not everyone is designed that way and that's really okay, but that's another reason why I do what I do because I want to be there for the women who might not have that extra personal determination or tenacity inside, but can do it with the knowledge that she's not alone, with the knowledge that there is information out there that's valuable and empowering and can be and can be helpful. And that's okay too. We all don't have to pull up ourselves by our own bootstraps. We don't. We can rely on each other for help. And that's why I started the platform I started. That's why I started Cool Life because I want to, I'm, I'm capable. I'm lucky. I'm capable for whatever reason. And so why wouldn't I want to help others and share that with others? Because I don't want anyone to feel what I felt for several years. It was miserable. Yeah.
So tell us about Cool Life and spell it for us because it's not spelled C-O-O-L. And no. uh, let us know what Cool Life is and what it, what's in there for people. So you're right, it is not spelled C-O-O-L, <laughs> but if you go to the Urban Dictionary and type in C-O-O-L, this word will come back and it is spelled K-U-E-L and it is a synonym for cool. And I was very specific and very intentional when I chose that because I have felt like I had always lived this super cool life, owned my own marketing PR firm, traveled around the world for a year, started martial arts in my 40s, went back to the stage to sing and dance in my 50s. And then all of a sudden, what? Nothing? Invisible? Not not relevant? Not important? Can't see myself in the media? You know, even though I shop at anthropology, I don't see any models that look like me in the anthropology catalog. What? So it was it was the realization of that and coming back strong that made me realize I want every woman to live their cool life, however that however that's defined for them. Because Sandy, I believe there is a huge chasm between mini skirts and depends. And we should be able to live that huge cool life in between that. I don't, you know, the fact that the models that we see that are our age in our 50s and our 60s are modeling, you know, uh, sup food supplements or depends or, you know, just things that like I don't use yet. <laughs> Someday I might use them, but I'm 57 and I'm nowhere near using any of those products. So where are those women? Where are we? If you have ever played small to make other people feel comfortable, or maybe stayed in a bad relationship or job too long because you didn't think you could do any better, I wrote a book for you. It's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. Each of the 30 chapters contains a life lesson, a story, and an exercise to bring you closer to reaching your full potential. Becoming a Woman of Value is available on Amazon and paperback and Kindle. Let's talk about your vision for the future. We've talked about what you have going on in the present. And if you want to go into a little more detail about what you offer on your website and the services that you offer, you know, you have a you have a newsletter. You could talk a little bit about that. And then I'd love to hear what your vision is for the future. You know, what's great is that they're intrinsically linked. So I can tell you very quickly that what I built was a digital repository, a platform where I want to house the empowering relevant information that we can use in midlife and beyond so that we're not, don't feel alone. So we can answer, you know, so help solve the problems as they arise and have access to thought leaders from around the world to gain that information. And how I did that, because it didn't, clearly everybody, anybody who's ever started anything knows that there's a hot minute between the idea and the actual, you know, execution slash success. When I started the platform and I launched it, I was the sole contributor. I'm not an expert on very many topics. So it was very challenging to write on a lot of the areas and I would have to do a lot of research. And, but now fast forward, just two and a half or three years, I have 57 women from around the world who are contributing their particular expertise to the platform. 
which is amazing. What that what that means is as a woman in midlife and beyond, you can go to coollife.com and see articles about emptiness, see articles about the, uh, you know, what if you're if you think you might have a prolapsed vagina, but you don't even know what that is. I mean, some of us don't even know our our own internal organs very well. All of that information is now sitting in a repository that anyone can access from anywhere in the world. That leads right into the question of where where do I want what do I want in the future? I want to be the quintessential location for women to feel empowered and know that they're getting the right information from other empowering experts that they can have access to it so that we can share with each other, we can learn from one another. And Sandy, I'm a big believer in fun. So we have to be able to play. So that's actually, you know, share, learn and play with our second act sisters. That's my whole premise. That's my whole mentality. And that's what I want in the future is just to continue to make an impact, to become a very solid choice for women where they can get information that they know is invaluable. They can trust it. They can trust the individuals who are providing that information. That means if they need additional help, a lot of the women who write for the platform are coaches in and of themselves, right? In those, in those areas, whether it's parenting, care, you know, coaching parents on how to deal with um, adult children or teens, or whether it's um, uh, dating, you know, after after a divorce or or money, financial independence, women struggle. So many women in this age group struggle with their relationship with money, and a lot of it has to do with the way we were brought up, right? And and thank goodness the messaging is changing for women. Thank goodness. Our daughters, our nieces are being raised differently than we were, but that doesn't mean we're stuck with that paradigm just because we were raised that way. We can change, we can do it differently. And that is why I built Cool Life and that's my envision, that's what I envision about Cool Life is that it's a trusted source for women. And yes, every Sunday I send out a newsletter which has all the articles of that week. So it allows women while they're having their coffee to kind of peruse what's been published that week to see if any of the topics are relevant to them. And so that's, that's it. That's my goal right there in a nutshell. It's a big goal and it's a good one. I love that you're serving this community. As you know, that I, I also serve this community and I think it's, we need this information. And in fact, even though I focus on dating and relationships as a coach, I bring in money topics and all kinds of things about communication skills and boundaries and all the things that matter because we can't we don't have our relationships in isolation and so i had an expert for my monthly program last year last month who is a finance expert and talked about how to have money conversations with the person that you're partnered with and even with yourself you know how to how to really deal with money because we don't learn this i mean i was packed off to go live in New York City, moved out of Baltimore. And my parents said, go get out of Baltimore. You'll have a better life there. I got no guidance, no training, no idea how to even open a bank account. And so I raised my children very differently. And I love that you're providing all of the important information for women. So we're going to get into the lightning round. Are you ready? Sure. All right. Fill in the blank. I used to think I wasn't blank enough. Smart enough. 
smart. Tell me a little more about that. I, I grew up being told I was beautiful and, and I wanted to be an actor when I was younger. And so the combination of being whatever symmetrical enough that the world viewed you as a beautiful person, add that, that I grew up on the stage. And so my internal value was based on how many shows I got, you know, how well did I sing? How many claps did I get? How did I get a standing ovation? All of that as a young person, I kept thinking, well, it's a good thing I have that because clearly I'm not smart enough. Mm. I'm smart. Turns yeah. out I'm smart. <laughs> Turns out you are. What was the number one thing holding you back from becoming a woman of value? I had a huge hormone imbalance. I could not think clearly. So yes, I had some physiological issues that I needed to address. And it's funny because, I mean, you're so right. I, I, I When you asked me the question, I took it as something I could control. Like, what was it that was, you know, like, what did I believe or not believe that, that was like self self-inflicted hmm. but this wasn't this was actually a medical situation a physiological hormone imbalance and if you don't think hormones run the world you know stay tuned because they really do run the world oh oh my god absolutely i totally totally hear but you if you don't think they do check in on a pms 11 or 12 or 13 year old girl and tell me hormones don't run the world yeah 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 all right, what's the best advice you can give to a woman who wants to become more empowered? Make the decision, set your sights, and then don't worry about the small stuff. Do not evaluate your progress on a daily basis. It will feel like you're getting nowhere. I love what that. I do, what I do when I set my sights on something, I just I, I put a plan in place and I start executing, but I don't look at it on it's It's sort of like if you're trying to lose weight, you don't want to get on that scale every day because you're going to feel like you're making zero progress. Mm -hmm. So when you look at market. it, yeah, exactly. Don't look at that thing every, you should really only look at the stock market if you're planning on buying or selling. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise it could be depressing right now when we're taping this. Yes, it can be. <laughs> yeah, but having having that, it's a great that's a great point. But because I think what happens to a lot of people is they make these big goals, they set their sights, and then every day they're checking, and they don't. It, it fluctuates, you know. Progress fluctuates. Look, you and I wouldn't have businesses if we were evaluating our progress on a day to day basis. I'd do a lot more crying if I did that. <laughs> right? Who needs that? All right, next question. What advice would you give to your younger self? Hurry up and stop caring about what other people think. <laughs> yeah. It took me, I'm there. I really am. I, I, I give no Fs. I, I have finally gotten to the point where honestly, Sandy, if you don't like me, I don't really, I, I don't really care that much. I really don't. I mean, because I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea. I know that I have a very distinct personality and, you know, that I could be construed as, you know, aggressive or, you know, abrasive. There's the yin and the yang of those, those adjectives because the other side is that I'm very assertive and I am, I've got a lot of energy and a lot of drive. And so, but it can be, you know, it's not for everybody. And that's really okay. I don't need to be liked by everyone. And that's 
really such an empowering place to be. And I wish, I wish I could have done that earlier, but I'm not sure that you can, right? I mean, that's yeah. a great advice, but I'm not sure I would have been able to take it because in part you have to go through the experiences to get to the place where you realize that you need to stop caring about what other people think or want or think you should do or be or behave. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's so freeing when you realize not only do you need to stop caring about what other people think, it's, it's actually not, you don't want everybody to like you because that would mean you were so neutral and so unformed that you didn't really have a personality. So I, I take pride in the fact that I'm not for everybody. I don't want to be for everybody. And it sounds like you're the same. All right, next question. What's something people often get wrong about you? And you may have just answered it, but I'd love to hear your answer. People who don't know me, can, uh, I can come across as really abrasive and unfeeling and uh, hard to get to know. Uh, I have a funny little anecdote. Almost every single person who is significant in my life, I mean, lifetime, lifetime relationships from, you know, from middle school all the way through. I mean, from graduate school, from my first job at H. Hewlett Packard, everywhere, all the people that are still a part of my life, and we're talking 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, almost each and every one of them didn't like me when they first met me. <laughs> well, to know you is to love you, it sounds like. <laughs> yes, because what people don't realize once they figure it out, it's because once I let you in, I am so affected by everything that happens to you or for you. And I'm so emotionally invested that I, I can't, I can't take that on with everybody and my heart can't take it. And so I come across potentially as cold or distant, but it's just because I'm protecting myself. But so some people misconstrue how I, how I land, which, you know, makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, finally, this is our final question. How would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as a woman who made a difference in the ageism category. I would like to be have my name on the roster of women who changed the paradigm and helped normalize aging. I don't want our younger sisters, our daughters, our nieces, to have to deal with this when they get here. I want them to solve another problem. Let let them have something else to solve. Let's solve this one together now. And I, I just want to be on the team. You know, I just want to be known as person who played on the team to make it happen. That's a great, that's a great thing. And you're already doing it, which is wonderful. Jack, how would you uh, like people to find you? What's one good link for people to be able to find you? life.com I mean, you can get get me from that in almost every way. I mean, you can send me an email through coollife.com. You could go to all the social media platforms. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, you name it, Instagram. But you can access me directly right through the platform. Just send me an, send me an email if you want to reach out. And we're always looking to expand the roster of thought leaders. So if any of your audience has a message, has an important message that they know women in midlife and beyond need to hear that it would make their life better and easier and help women feel less alone. I'm, I'm all ears. <laughs> there's, there's always room. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much, Jack, for coming on the show today, for being a wonderful example of what it looks like to be a woman of value, to normalize aging, and to get this message out to as many people as possible. Thank you, Sandy. Can't do it without you. If you would like to step more fully into your value, grab a free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Becoming a Woman of Value on my website, thewomanofvalue.com. Just click the link at the top of the homepage. And if you haven't already done so, be sure to click the subscribe button in your listening app. And if there's something in this episode that inspired you, please share it with others. Because the more we share these inspirational stories, the more women of value we will have in this world. I'll see you next time.